to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, and I'm so pleased to have you today. In today's episode, I want to touch on a subject that has been pretty prevalent of late, but I think it's worth mentioning again here. Uh, this is the subject of toxic positivity. According to Berkeley Wellbeing Institute, toxic positivity is defined as the act of rejecting or denying stress, negativity, or other negative experiences that exist. It's essential for us to allow ourselves the time to be angry, grieve, or experience other non-positive emotions when something bad happens to us. It's also very important to be supportive of somebody else when they're going through something rather than going to the old stay positive mindset as the answer. There are ways to be supportive that allow for negative emotions to be expressed and accepted. There's a difference between toxic positivity and regular positivity. Obviously, it's important to be positive when we can, but there are times when being overly positive is damaging. When something bad happens to us, our negative emotions are tools we actually need, so suppressing them repeatedly can actually be bad for us. Being a friend to someone in a negative mindset looks a lot different now than it did when I grew up. Support for grief used to be, look on the bright side, or it's not that bad, or it could be worse, but now we know not only does that not help, but it makes the person experiencing the grief or anger feel invalidated. A great way to approach this today is to say something like, hey, I know you're having a really hard time right now, and that's okay. I'm here for you, and I'm so glad I have you in my life. This helps the person know that you see what they are going through and know that they are valued. Both of these things are good to hear when someone is in pain. As I said before, too much positivity can also be downright bad for us. Excessive positivity is a risk factor for mania, which is characterized by extreme positive emotions. The world is crumbling around me, but it's fine. It's fine. That's probably not a very healthy perspective to have. So all this positive vibes only and don't worry, be happy talk is bad. So what do we do instead? Well, I'm going to share a few things with you that may help when you're feeling down that don't involve searching for silver linings. The first thing, and yes, I know you've heard it before, and it's cliche, and you'll probably hear it over and over and over again because it's a true story. The first thing is journaling. Uh, When our negative thoughts are running laps through our head, it can be hard to see anything else. But sometimes stopping and taking a minute to write these things down can help release the negativity. But it also can help you look at the situation from a different perspective and help you come up with a solution to the problem. Practicing mindfulness and self-compassion are good ways to cope as well. Be present and in the moment when you are experiencing heightened emotions. Understand what's happening and why you feel the way you do and acknowledge the normality of the emotions you are feeling without any judgment. Once acknowledgement happens, be nice to yourself about it. No one can be positive all the time. Sometimes you just need to be mad. In the Toxic Positivity article by the Berkeley Wellbeing Institute, which I will link in the show notes and also on the resources page of my website, the author, Dr. Cheeky Davis, says, it turns out that even though negative emotions feel bad, they do us a lot of good. Anxiety can help us be more prepared, and anger can help us rectify injustice. Embarrassment can help motivate others to forgive us, and sadness can motivate others to help us more. When we shove our negative emotions down, we fail to get the benefits they provide at times when we are in most need of those benefits. It's no wonder excessive positivity can be toxic. So now that I've said all that, I'm going to end this this portion of the podcast by saying, while allowing ourselves to feel emotions is really important, 
it's also important not to wallow in misery. Life does have to move forward at some point, even in times of great loss. Uh, so allow yourself to feel and then allow yourself to live again. Uh, so for today's ritual, I'm actually sharing a releasing rite for, uh, from Magic for Troubled Times by Deborah Castellano. She pairs this new moon rite with, with a full moon rite, uh, but I think it's only fair that you buy the book to get the full moon rite. The objective of this ritual is to evaluate what no longer serves you and to start the process of letting go of these aspects. The suggested materials are a rosemary bundle or a bell, clear quartz crystal, lavender essential oil, a candle, matches, obviously, a worksheet or journal page with the following questions. What am I holding on to physically that no longer serves me and why? What am I holding on to intellectually that no longer serves me and why? What am I holding on to emotionally that no longer serves me and why? What am I holding on to spiritually that no longer serves me and why? And how can I release these aspects to heal? Uh, You will also need a red pen and something comfy to sit on. So first you're going to cleanse your space using either your bundle or your bell or whatever method that you usually use for cleansing space. Uh, Get yourself seated comfortably. Take some breaths and get yourself centered uh, and try and let go of the distractions of the day. You're going to take some lavender essential oil and dab it onto your third eye and say, I anoint myself in the presence of the moon herself. Light the candle, putting a little bit of lavender oil on the candle and say, I'm ready to let go of that which no longer serves me. Anoint the crystal with the lavender oil and say, I'm going to make space for manifestation. Now you're going to take time to fill out the worksheet, and the worksheet can be used as a reminder uh, until the full moon to keep clearing space for yourself and focusing on healing. After you're done filling out the worksheet, uh, you can start thinking about what you want to manifest once all of these negativities are released. You're going to pass the crystal over the flame of your candle, then put the crystal on your third eye and focus on what you want to manifest. Put the crystal on your altar or bedside table as a physical reminder of the full moon to come. Now, I'm just going to share some correspondences with release. Uh, And, of course, I'm sharing from the complete book of correspondences from Llewellyn, written by Sandra Kimes. So the moon phase is waning. The time of day is midnight. Celebrations for release are Lunasa and Samhain. The ogum as base, or am, ambichol. Oops, I know I didn't say that right. Sorry, guys. Uh, the rune is east. Elements are air and fire. Colors are black and purple. The chakra is the throat. Primal screaming is a good way to release. Uh, trees associated are birch, cedar, cypress, elder, juniper, laurel, maple, myrtle, palm, and pine. In the herbs... And garden section, aster, basil, clover, columbine, comfrey, fern, foxglove, garlic, heliotrope, iris, lavender, lilac, marjoram, mugwort, peony, peppermint, rose, rosemary, rue, sage, St. John's wort, snapdragon, sunflower, vervain, and yarrow. Miscellaneous plants are betony, bloodroot, clove, cumin, frankincense, 
ginger, mullein, myrrh, nutmeg, patchouli, pepper, sandalwood, and wormwood. Metal is copper. Gemstones and minerals are agate, blue apatite, carnelian, iolite, lapis lazuli, lodestone, malachite, moonstone, sugalite, blue topaz, and wolfenite, which I don't know what that is, but now I want to look it up. And from the sea is whelk. Goddesses are Demeter, Hecate, Kali, and Sedna. Gods are Apollo, Coyote, Dionysus, Aya, Mananan, and Zeus. The animals are the bat for releasing old habits and the lion. And the marine life is dolphin. All those things are good things for releasing. And now... The card for the day, I pulled from my Roar Oracle by MJ Cullinane, because you know I love that. Uh, and today, we got Ida Lewis, which I don't think I've pulled this card on uh, the podcast yet, so that's very exciting. And Ida Lewis was born in 1842 and died in 1911. He was a lighthouse keeper and the first woman recipient of the rare gold life-saving metal. Uh, file under brave, bravery, Ida Lewis made her first rescue of four men at the age of 12, uh, which is insane. <laughs> From Ida. None but a donkey would consider it unfeminine to save lives. Ida brings to your attention the inner fearlessness you possess within that is waiting for the right moment to come out. It may be a simple act of stepping up and defending someone who is being attacked verbally or physically. It may be jumping in to save someone or something. She didn't second-guess herself or think, well, I'm a girl and I can't do this. No. She jumped in the frigid water and saved lives. You, too, have that spirit within you. If you pull Ida during a reading, it may be a sign that you're holding back and she has come forward to help you find your courage. What a cool card, and what a great card for this episode. Uh, maybe Ida is trying to tell us to have courage, to feel our feelings, and then uh, to move forward. I'm super glad that you all came to visit with me today, and uh, we'll see you next time. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on my website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email me at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. I also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts.